0: They're a little bit loose, a little bit unstrung, and they've probably had a few beers beforehand. Please welcome Matt Crummins and Tom Fancy Pants Putt with yet another episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Adventure. Well, good morning, everybody, to yet another episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Podcast where you'll get a little bit of photography knowledge mixed in with a whole lot of rubbish and I have a confession to make, young Matthew. Good morning to you. Is it
1: that I'm the rubbish? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed listening to your podcast, uh, the op after-party podcast, I must say. It, it pains me to say it. I love listening to Nick just make insanely stupid comments because he just embarrasses himself all the time, which is great. G'day. Nicholas Fletcher, how you going? Uh, Wes keeps the the ship sort of on an even keel, and you come out with all the bad jokes. So, or you're actually you're you're quite the funny one. The the the. <laughs> I'm not getting any feedback from you, Matthew. Are you there? Uh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just listening uh, to your praise. Hello, go on, keep going, keep going. Is, 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 is all right. Sorry, I won't stop. I won't stop. I... <laughs> Um, For those listening, thank you for listening, by the way. We've got great feedback. Matt, do you realise that people actually listen to this podcast? It's unbelievable but true. The problem, though, with this,
1: you know, the problem, Tom, (laughs) is that um, PodKeeper is going to finish in March where we supplement people's time to listen to our um, our podcast Uh, and so it'll be interesting, the drop-off,
0: yeah. It'll be a catastrophic drop-off. it. it it. will drop quicker than the Titanic did to the bottom of the ocean. We might even ask for refunds, yeah. (laughs) And anyway, um, by the way, the the feedback has been can Tom be louder still because we just want to hear him sing from the rooftops. No, I just made that up for myself. He's got to talk into the mic a bit more directly, I think, guys. What do you reckon? I think this is it, yeah. And anyway, what I wanted to say was (laughs) it's been a bit of a different week, as I said before. And Matt and I usually record this a week in advance. So you'll hear us talk about stuff that's, like, not yet happened, but by the time you get to listen to the podcast, it already has, right? So we have to sort of be forward of everybody else. We're like back to the future, if that makes sense. I don't think it does. Think, but anyway, I think
1: the, probably the better way to say it is that we have to make things up and hope that they happen.
0: <laughs> what's, what's different at <laughs> all? Right? It suits our genre. Anyway, we're doing this, the actual – Day that we're going to be publishing this, which is most unlike us. We've just had a bit of a mixed up week, that's fine. So we're recording this, we're going straight to podcast land within hours after recording this, which um, it is fine. It's Shh. not anything revolutionary to those listening. Do
1: we have to change our name now to Matt and Tom's Excellent Radio Show? Because that means, you know, we're practically live now. So
0: Well, this is maybe we should go live. Oh, maybe imagine that. Can you imagine that?
1: We could talk about like, oh, Ooh. isn't it a lovely sunny day outside? There's a few clouds. It's
0: 19. <laughs> imagine how exciting that would be for the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, could just, I could just think. Just think. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm like, I've got to get rid of these COVID kilos. And oh, I, yeah. I I had a great experience this morning or last night where my daughter, my stepdaughter, Chiara, invited me to the gym. She's joined the same gym that I have, which is just fantastic. I've been waiting for the kids to be old enough to do something like that. And she invites me to the gym last night and says, Tom, I'm a bit lost. Can you come and help me? I want to do some core stuff. Show me a few exercises. And I'm like, yep, yeah, that's great. <laughs> and she's motivated. Right from you for Jimmy's stuff. She's what no i know i know someone fossil like me 46 years old that's it but but you know as many of the listeners have can attest to because they've heard my voice they'll know that i'm I'm a buff demon, and that I've been going to the gym since I was 15 years old. Now, those who actually have seen me lately will realise that that there's, must there's have been, been breaks between those periods. Been big, big, <laughs> big breaks in between, um, and or he's not doing the right workout. He's going and perving at all the girls and then leaving again. Not oh, you wouldn't doing do that, weights. Tom. You're too you're Never. an upstanding gentleman for that. Uh, correct. True. 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 And so I'm at the gym this morning. And I'm doing a workout, and I get this message from Matt going, uh, "Can you send me an invite to the podcast so I can log on? Because that's the way it works. We're doing this through I software." You actually forgot? <laughs> I'd forgotten. This is eight twenty-five, everybody, and I was supposed to be on the podcast live at eight thirty. So I'm like, "Oh, sorry, Matt, I'm just running a little late. I'll, I'll give me ten minutes." And the next thing you know, well, I had this dilemma, right? I'm the gym is halfway between work, my gallery, and home. So no. I'm thinking: Do I go home? Yes, and Shower. get change. Yes. do the podcast from home. Maybe definitely. Versus, do I come to work no. in my gym gear? Uh-uh. Do the podcast from here? Then I've got to go via the tip and offload some stuff because I've got to do. I've got to have the space available to do a, a artwork hanging tonight down in Sorrento. So you're just
1: cle- clearing out some of the old work in the gallery, or? <laughs> that's
0: <laughs> well, that's another story. <laughs> So I'm, I, I, I made the perhaps unwise decision to come to the gallery and I'm sitting here in the window of the gallery in my gym gear, everybody. I thought I could so smell something. Not that exciting, That's really. That's gross. No, mate, mate well, as you alluded to earlier, I don't do enough of a workout to build up a sweat, so I don't smell at all. Right. So you just basically go, you, so yeah, okay. That's, that's fair enough. I'm like, I'm like those ladies, and I'm going to get, I'm just going to get a lot of trouble for saying time. that. Yeah. That was <laughs> probably
1: not a wise way to open that sentence. <laughs>
0: I'm like these people. Uh, just ignore what I just said earlier. I'm like these people who get dressed up in their active wear to drop the kids off at school. Yeah, and I, then go for coffee afterwards. I can but picture don't you doing ever that. get
1: to the gym. I can Aren't picture I? you yeah, doing yeah. that. And but you know what? Yeah. You wouldn't have jeggings. You'd have all sorts of meggings. <laughs> You'd have like all sorts of man leggings that have all like tartan print and like weird wacky stuff. Well, yeah, it's no mate. They have my photographs on them. Okay. That's what they should do, shouldn't they? You can do that, you know, at Redbubble I think they do that. You can get you can get well. your own print. You could actually just get your face on them for all your students. That could be like a free gift.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not going to buy them, are they? Well, I think you know.
1: I think you've got to probably clarify something here because you're not really painting yourself with a very good reputation of being organised, um, or, or doing very much. To be honest, um, um I think we need to clarify. Tom, no. do you run your workshops the same way you run this podcast? Because you've still not read <laughs> oh, Mary and uh, and and now you've forgot because you're you. too busy trying to tone your muscles. <laughs> if anyone wants to go to a real workshop, uh, mattcrawmnsphotography yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which I see you've been smashing it every time I hear or see of you out and about. I'm like, oh, he's, he's just he's, he's pushing me. He's, he's like pressing my buttons. That's the like, only... Tom, you should be out there doing more workshops. Is the only reason I run Mate's workshops? killing it.
1: Just, to, just, just so that you feel the pressure. <laughs> just to stick it up, Tom. Yeah. If, you know what? If I won the lotto and like never had to work again, I would still probably just yep. run them. And I'd probably run more yep. of them even. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and advertise
0: all over Facebook and Instagram. Just Really, really, um, yeah, put the celebrity. pressure on everyone.
1: So, wow! That's well, look,
0: Matt, I, you can I consider heard a me a coach. During- <laughs> you know,
1: you can consider me a coach.
0: <laughs> thank you, thank you. How are you? You can say, I say heard a rumor during the I a disturbing rumor during the week. <laughs> It doesn't surprise that, me that, <laughs> that you that you perhaps are turning into a wedding photographer. You're, you're going to take over the wedding photography genre, and poor Anne Scott Virtue and all the other brilliant wedding photographers out there will be soon out of business because you would have snaffled all their clients.
1: Um, so that's a really interesting rumor because um, <laughs> that's quite the opposite of what's happened this week. <laughs>
0: I, I'm alluding to the end of that podcast where you and Nick put it out there that you would be shooting oh, a wedding together, which I thought was hilarious.
1: Oh, because I've got two wedding bits of news this week. So the first one, yeah. What? Yeah. Well, not, I'm not going to married or anything, but. Um, right. No, you, I so, thought you were already. So the first, um, up. The first uh, part, yeah. So Nick and I, we want to. You know, for BFOP, we like to keep it a bit fun and loose. And we sort of thought, how good would it be? (laughs)
0: That's an understatement.
1: Just to, to, you know, poke a bit of fun and see whether or not we could actually, um, I'm going to call it almost like the photography jackass, if you remember those guys. Um, Yeah. So we're going to try and um, organize to photograph someone's wedding with um, very little to no wedding experience.
0: Now, right. Yeah. So we're looking for volunteers. (laughs) (laughs) How are they going to feel? Well, you see, look, I'm doing you a good deed by bringing this up in the first place because then people are, you know, you're getting the opportunity to post, you know, about it and potentially get your bride and groom. Would you say that this is the perfect exposure? This is...
1: Is that, this, just, that <laughs> the industry term that we would use there? Pardon the pun. Uh, Pardon the pun. But no, I think that, um, yes, yeah, so that's going to be a bit of fun. Um, we're hoping to find someone. You know, some, we're not looking for to go and do like a massive wedding. It's more about, you know, that person who is probably never going to book a, a photographer who is just going to get their mate to do it. Um, you know, a bit of a backyard wedding situation. Yeah. But we're going to get Wes or someone to come along and film it. We're going to have live podcast right. it and stuff. So it's going to be pretty, no. I, I think it should be fun. What's, that's the
0: What's the purpose? What's, what, why? Well, you see, we get bored sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you need to, you need to like, uh, perhaps think big, get bigger problems, bigger goals to work through. You know, solve world peace or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, the problem solve is that world we, hunger. We need a long-term project. You know that that would probably just you know. Couple of weeks we'd down, we'd lived. just be like, done. Couple of weeks down, um, yeah. Just,
0: I mean, whereas really, shooting someone's I don't know wedding, why no
1: one's done it before. Yeah, well, honestly, it does baffle me sometimes. There's lots of things in the world that um, baffle me, but no, yes. we, we, I guess um, we're doing for a bit of fun. Um, Nick also does like a bit of a challenge, and he likes a bit of a laugh and a good story. So we sort of thought, what a good good story to be able to tell to go and photograph a someone's wedding as, um, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I've shot weddings before, so i have probably got a bit of experience. Nick has zero experience shooting weddings. Um, but I guess the, the the thing for me is it's trying to work with Nick Fletcher on a photography shoot would be an experience in itself, I think. So that would be the new part for me. <laughs> it would be right. trying to work out how do you how do you you, you um, shoot with him and not, you know, completely lose your mind.
0: You guys seem to work well together when you've at least got beer in your hand. Well, I think that'll be part of the um, – definitely. <laughs> be part be of right. I think, yeah. Oh, it'll be a camera in one hand and a beer in the
1: other. I'm thinking more of like a camelback sort of situation. But, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's um... – <laughs>
0: Well, maybe that could be the backup. Mm. That, the Camelbacks there is the backup, you know, like <laughs> that's there just in case you your beer runs dry. Well, actually, love it. so my other well, wedding, so the reason
1: I said, what are you talking about, was because the other news is this week that I had a wedding request and I did used to shoot weddings and this person was quite adamant that I still shoot weddings and I do not shoot weddings. And so <laughs> I had to call around to all our wedding photographer people like, hey, do you want to do with this project? Um, and uh, it right. turns out that lots of people are very busy now that lockdown's all finished and stuff. So um, Oh, that's yeah. great to hear. Yeah, it is. I'm so
0: pleased with that. It is.
1: Actually I'm terrified. I've got Adam Dyson doing a shoot for me on Thursday and Friday for one of my clients because I'm double booked. And um, and I just and it was only after you should be terrified. I know, it was only after I actually (laughs) we chatted about it and I'm like, oh shit. I asked Adam to do. Oh no! Like Adam is probably going to crawl straight from the Wandi pub, like to this shoot. So,
0: <laughs> oh, no way. Um, is it up in that
1: part of the world? No, no, it's in Melbourne. But yeah. like, it, it right, wouldn't right, surprise right. me if he pulled that I'm off. Still, one so pub. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, it, straight, straight, straight in. But uh, anyway,
0: for all he's for all his sort of like. Shall we call it loose behaviour? As in, you know, like he comes across as a very laid-back kind of guy and incredibly, you know, nice and approachable, lovely guy. I reckon there's probably a real, um, you know, strong work ethic in, inside of him. There, we just, we just perhaps haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Well, oh, you just went totally off there. You just um, said I'd... you were just dis- you've been distracted by something. No. No. Okay. Why? What did I do? I don't know, you just sounded very like off in another world there. No, oh, sorry. I do that. That's it's
1: okay. it's, it's because of this live thing, it's really throwing me. I can't I feel like I can't edit this one down and remove all the stuff that you know.
0: Wow, well, we've got to be really careful what we say.
1: Yeah. Well, I okay. guess sort of. I yeah. mean we can't re- we I guess we never remove anything anyway, do we? So No, this is it. I never never realised in the first place. What else is news? Uh, to be honest, not at oh, you know, actually why lie, I went to Bright for the weekend right how did that go Uh, it was actually so we had one of the best sunrises i've witnessed in Brighton, which was pretty awesome um that that was uh like it wasn't one of those you know the, the sky goes absolutely crazy but it was like the perfect place i was taken which is a bit of a secret spot um mixed with the um you know the light was pretty pretty smashing but I haven't been out for so long. I was actually just, you know, you just get in that zone sometimes. You're like, yep, I kind of get this today. Um, this probably happens to you a lot because you actually do a lot of photography, whereas I tend to <laughs> not get out as much because I don't live in a, you know, in the peninsula or anything. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so oh, it was beautiful. And then on the way home, I stopped in at um, a hilarious place, actually. It was lovely. Don't get me wrong. It was lovely. But um,
0: the Winton Wetlands. All right. Okay. She's never stopped. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so like way out Right, okay. That's not Lake uh, Macoan, the one it that's is. usually dry.
1: Well, Right. Yeah, so the Winton wetlands, I'm like, I got told about it by someone and I'm thinking, they said, oh, it's pretty good for birding. I'm like, oh, cool, I'll just drop in on the way home and see what it's like. And <laughs> so I right. anyway, pull up and, um, you know, set camp up and go for a bit of a drive around. And, you know, like when you get to like Lake Ilden and stuff, you've got all the dead trees in the, in the, yes. in the riverbed or the, yeah. the lake. So I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be amazing because there was It was almost like just flat nothingness around and then this this sea of these dead trees. Mm. And I'm thinking this is going to be insane for like, you know, some of the big sort of predator birds and especially because there's lots of water around and things like that because on their website, it's a really schmick website Um, Mm. and they've got like art installations all around it and bike paths and all these facilities an amazing cafe, like brand new top-of-the-line, state-of-the-art cafe.
0: Cafe in yeah, a wetland? Never heard of it before.
1: Well, Right, okay. That, so, it's like set up as it's this major, major tourist attraction. Like, I'd think that people would fly in from overseas to see this. <laughs> and I started a dropping around. There's yeah, about God. 4 billion cockies. Um, right. And don't get me wrong, there's lots of other bird life there as well, lots of very small birds. But could you see a single drop of water? Nah. No. No. Yeah, you look at yeah, all the photos okay. on the website and everything, it's like in flood, it's I, like perfect glassy reflections and things and i'm looking at and i asked the i asked some people i met there right. they actually took me to a place where there was um five uh five tawny frog mounts all just sitting up in a tree oh, which is super cool um yep. i said to them i'm like oh so what time of year is best to come when it's in flood and he just starts laughing at me <laughs> and he goes <laughs> it doesn't flood. What are you talking
0: about?
1: <laughs> and i asked the same thing at the cafe and they said the same and i feel like the irony is though that the whole reason that wetlands exists, apparently, or well not exists, but is back to existence, is um, the government dammed it at one point for a water reservoir, yeah. and
0: yeah. then hence all the dead trees.
1: Yeah, and then of course the next mo- minute um, that you know a conservation group comes in and says basically the reservoir was sort of deemed inappropriate because of there was blue-green algae or something like that, and this conservation group said we're going to restore it back to its original beauty, um, and there's all these signage and around the story and things. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure they've done an absolutely smashing job of it compared to what it was. But it's all talking about how they've spent 25 years restoring back to these beautiful wetlands and everything. And every single person I spoke to just laughed at me when when I asked about actual oh, water. Right. So right. I sort of, yeah, it was a bit, bit of a weird situation, to be honest. Yeah. I'd still yeah, go back hard. again, though. There was lots of birds and kangaroos and, you know, it was, it was yeah. lovely. But um, it, it, wetlands was a little bit misleading. It was almost oh, like yeah. how we call this the excellent podcast, you know. <laughs> it's like this occasionally, is it. No, it it. every now and then, there's like one yes. one where you're like, oh yeah, that was pretty excellent. And then,
0: they, they, yeah, they call those things misnomers, mm. don't they? Definitely well, not the norm. Um, I found one of my best black and white photographs from um, that particular area We stopped off there once or twice on our way up to run our snow photography workshop. Nice. And I was just thinking to myself, did that have water in it or not? And you're going to hate me because if you go onto my website and you take it, you type in Lake McConaghy. M-O-K-O-A-N, if you put that into the search bar, you'll see just a beautiful photograph there from Lake McCone with water in it. What a legend. Anyway, um, I don't know why i am telling you that. I'm You're looking like it up. No, I'm looking it up now. Okay, you have a look. In the meantime, I'm going to tell you a little story. Oh. I, As you know, I started off my photography sort of interest photographing birds and – my thought is that perhaps one day I'm not so much interested in the bird watching anymore, but I've always thought that one day I'd like to get back into the bird photography by buying a big kick-ass lens just like you've got Ooh. and photographing just like you've said there but with a floating hide. I love the idea of being in a shallow lake or dam or pond or whatever up to about sort of waist high with, you know, waders on or whatever, not even. And, and one of those, have you seen those floating hides? I've
1: seen the ones that are shaped like swans.
0: <laughs> We've oh. talked about this already, haven't we? Oh, I think, yeah, I, but yeah. no,
1: it's like floating I am assuming you just look like a bush or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, yeah it kind of looks like a bush. You can strap, you know, vegetation to the front of it, etc., and you just have your lens poking out the front. There you go. and you can get great shots of birds right at eye level as they're floating on the water. And um, if you look at the, say, the Natural History Museum Wildlife Photographer of the Year competition, which I am sure one day you are going to take out, Matt, the boats the world's most prestigious wildlife comp. Um, you'll see some brilliant photos taken in that way, lots of beautiful wetland photos or wildlife photos, should I say, of um, birds and animals right at eye level on the water.
1: Yeah, right. I'll Love have to it. check it out. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I mean, I think that that would, be, that would be very cool. I don't know where I'd go though. I've actually got one student who's he's based in New South Wales. He's a wildlife educator and um, runs a business in like government advisory and stuff for wildlife. And he, he's been in um, – oh, where was it? One of the the, in in central New South Wales, he said, "There's a um, a wetlands there, and at the moment, there's a hundred thousand birds in this wetlands." So he went there to photograph them, and yeah, it looks insane. But um, would that be called Menindee Lakes? It's not Menindee. Uh, Where is? I feel like I should know this because I was actually googling it afterwards, thinking I should head up there, and then I realised I don't know when I'd have ever have time to do that. Tell me what it was like getting back to a previous conversation. Lake Cowell K- in West
0: Wyalong. West Wyalong. geez, that's a fair way from here, mate. It's not close, yeah. <laughs> it's not close. It's at least a day's drive, day and a half drive. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a that's a bit of a road trip. Yeah. Well, you know, in years gone by, we used to go, we did once, sorry, a good friend of mine um, who's since passed away, Dr Clive Minton, and I went up to Balranald in sort of uh, north of Deniloquim, that sort of area, and photographed... Mm-hmm birds nesting in wetlands on huge acres of farm Oh, nice. um, that he'd actually put away part of his water um, allocation to actually flood some of his wetland or native wetland area, huge lignum swamps where just hundreds of thousands of ibis would uh would breed in this huge swamp and uh we set up hides and photographed glossy ibis and straw ibis and stuff and it was just it was just amazing. So I've spent my time standing in uh standing in a whole lot of dirty water, getting photographs of birds as they come back to the nest, stuff oh, like that. And
1: was that as fun as it sounds?
0: It's a whole lot more fun. I said. I think it sounds
1: like. I think it sounds fun. I can imagine me sitting there though. You know, just at that sunrise point, going, "Why am I in a smelly lake?"
0: Be in the wrong part <laughs> no, of the lake, you, and there'd you, be no when birds. You're young, yeah. When you're young, no. Well, this is it. You know, you've got to get the position of the hide right. Otherwise, yeah. uh, it's pretty bloody boring. Otherwise, um, what was it like getting out of town? Was that? Did it feel like you were doing the wrong thing?
1: Well, it, no, I didn't feel like I was doing the wrong thing. It felt like I was doing right. the exact thing that I needed to be doing. Um, yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> no, so we got our well, new character. Delivered um, about a week and a half ago. And so um, we went to the Yarra Valley uh, the weekend before, got out of town, yeah. but we stayed at a friend's property. So it was a bit sort of like um, it was really good fun and nice, but it wasn't camping or anything like that or, you know, out, out great outdoors kind of thing. <laughs> this time around, though, um, I stayed up at Nick's property for the first little while, and that was awesome. Um, but it was actually the wet, winter wetlands part that was just awesome. Driving from Bright across to um, Wangaratta, that, you know, sunny day. Wind in your hair kind of thing, music going. Just felt like it was a road the start of a really epic road trip. Um and, and getting yeah. up to that campsite, oh my God, it was so quiet at night and beautiful, most insane sunrise. Um wow. as well. So it was just it really was just amazing to get out and about and it actually made things feel extremely normal which was which was <laughs> kind of weird It was unusual yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah i know how normal is supposed to feel normal as yeah. opposed to unusual and like now that yeah. you only have
1: to wear your masks in shops and things and i don't really like to spend any time indoors or in shops so you know it sure that that was maybe still a bit unusual but everything else yeah it just felt it just felt right you
0: know yeah,
1: unfortunately, yeah. come back to Melbourne and then it felt all wrong again. But yeah, You're back,
0: into, <laughs> back into the war zone, so to speak. Exactly, exactly. But um, yeah, right. Yeah, oh, that's great. I was going to say something else. Where is this picture of this beautiful sunrise, Matt? Well, where do we see this? Well,
1: so there, if you go on my Facebook page, Matt Crumman's Photography, um, I've got the bright sunrises there? Um, I haven't actually loaded up the Winton Wetlands sunrise yet because I'm still. I've got about five or six variations that I'm really struggling to choose between them.
0: So, right. yeah. Is, do you, that's, that's always a dilemma, isn't it? Like mm. I think that's the hardest part of editing is people have the problem of like which one is the best one for me to choose because there's subtle differences between each. And that's the
1: problem. When the differences are so subtle, it's it actually right. makes it very, very hard.
0: Do you just choose one and just be done with it? It doesn't matter? Each one is, you know, reasonably good, so to speak?
1: Um. Well, yeah, I think that's kind of. I mean, to be honest, that's how I generally roll with it. I've got probably twenty five variations of this sunset because it was sort of just as the sun came up, it just kept changing. Um, but I don't know that one's better than the other. Um, and is,
0: is this the one of you standing on the car? Is that the one? No, that, that was, was sunset. Liking?
1: That was sunset. Um, the I've just sent you a Facebook message actually with the, the, the sunrise. Car. I've only got the vir- yeah. I've only got the sunrise. I've got a shot with the <sighs> caravan in the car. Um, oh, that looks amazing! Yeah, yeah. and so well, I actually got out to the where all the dead wood sticks are, sticks are and stuff, and I managed to um, snap smash a few it. shots there. That's- but that's, the problem was, as I said, like you, you ended up with these, um, you ended up with so many similar shots that I need to choose one because I'm not going to publish two of them, um, and I, I don't want to do it too quickly. I'm trying to slow myself down a little bit. Normally, I'm really quick to hit the trigger, and then I usually look back two weeks later and go, "Oh, I wish I would have just done this a little differently." So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, you're not lying there. That's often how I feel. Well, you just it to a robot for a second there.
0: Oh, did I? Sorry.
1: No, they don't don't apologize. It was it was
0: it just really <laughs> it put things up a bit, yeah. Yeah, right. No, no, no. That's how often I feel where um... Where, you know, you look back and you look at a photograph and you go, ah, if only I'd just taken the time to move a little bit left or right or up or down or all the rest of it.
1: Yep. Or even or- when it comes to processing, do you ever find you, you I process and sometimes I go, you know what, actually, I pr- probably p- should have pushed the saturation or I probably should have recovered the shadow or I probably should. There was just so many like little shoulda, coulda, wouldas with the edit as well. So I'm trying to sit on these a little bit longer now and go, no, you know what, I don't I've, I don't need to publish it today. I'm just going to sit back and see where see where my destiny takes me
0: yeah yeah yep yep i'll, I'll even worse when you process something over process it yeah. or under process it you're not happy with the edit and yet you go and print it oh that would start hanging in the gallery for a while and you've spent money on it and then after a while you look at it and you go yeah no nah, that's that's terrible like that you know I'm that's not, the that's specifically why that. i don't have a gallery <laughs> like the only reason is that should not be the reason to n- not have a gallery Matthew yeah that's that. there's other reasons that I can convince you of to not have a gallery <laughs> <believe me. laughs> one of them is my personal freedom but um <laughs> oh, and and also you know maybe having a little bit of money in the bank oh there's that too there's you know there's it's yeah. nice to have money in the bank as opposed to pouring it all into a gallery but that's okay yeah we're in it for the long term here, that's for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, today's topic, Matthew. Well, I don't I'm, it... I'm
1: gonna leave it up to you because every time I mention
0: Marie Kondo, you get all antsy about it. So uh, we are talking today about tidying up your Lightroom catalogue. Now you're probably thinking, Hold on a second, did we talk about this already about seven but times? I think we, <laughs> we had this we kind of tried we alluded to it on many occasions and then didn't actually go ahead and give you some bulletproof ways in which to tidy up your Lightroom catalogue. So we, I've been trying to get this through for weeks, but Matt keeps railroading me with all these other interesting, well, seemingly interesting topics that we should be talking about on the podcast. So I figured that, no, I put my foot down and I said, Matt, I've got to get this done. It's just waiting to burst out of me, you know, much like my Mary Kondo, you know, synopsis. Oh, I thought you were going to but- say much like the button on your belt. That <laughs> <laughs> thing. Oh my God, don't talk about that. Um, so let's talk about how do you tidy up your Lightroom catalog. Now, now there's a hint already in that title, which is Lightroom catalog being singular.
1: Yeah, oh my God, how much does that what annoy is- you when you see people with like 15 catalogs,
0: you're like, what? why? What is it with people with all of these multiple catalogs? You shouldn't have multiple catalogs. Let's just put that out there straight, you know? Um, there's, you're just going to be in a world of pain if you have multiple catalogs because you might be downloading into one which is not the correct one, um, trying to find your photos, getting all mixed up. At the end of the day, there was a reason for it in the past, and we're probably talking 10 years ago, where the um, engine behind Lightroom wow. really wasn't built strong enough to handle any more than about 100,000 photos in your Lightroom catalog. I see, uh, I'll uh, tell you this. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, I'd argue so that I'm... for most people listening to this podcast, if you've got more than 100,000 photos in your Lightroom catalogue, you probably need to just just gently consider whether that's time for a cull.
0: Yeah, time for a little bit of an edit. Well, I made the mistake of uh, getting one of my minions, uh, a lovely young lady. She, I paid her to import all of my photographs into Lightroom and stitch all of the panos together and a few other things And before you knew it, I had over 100,000 photos in there and every time you opened Lightroom, it would show that there were 100,000 photos in the catalogue but you couldn't, the thumbnails wouldn't load. They were just blank grey boxes. So it really wasn't strong enough in order to then, um, you know, handle all of those images. Um, Those were in days gone by. Now um, most of you, as Matt's alluding to, probably wouldn't have any more than 100,000 photos in your catalogue anyway. But if you do, it's more likely to be able to handle it. So therefore, it makes sense just to have one Lightroom catalogue. Now, then the next question is, how do you move your photos from one catalogue to another? That's actually quite easy to do. There's a tutorial on YouTube to do it that I, I put up a few years ago. I will put it in the show notes. I love show group. notes. Love show notes. <laughs> I love my show notes. I feel like I'm adding so much value to this, to this podcast when I talk about the show notes. So look out for that on our Facebook group to be able to see that link to the tutorial and how to do it. But it's basically a case of selecting all your photographs in your Lightroom catalog that you don't want to keep anymore. So this is the Lightroom catalog that you're going to get rid of. And you just literally go to File export as catalog, it's about halfway down, export as catalog, and you can export the photographs and the catalog, being the data file, which has got all the info about how you've edited all your pictures. You can export that onto a a separate drive, which is probably a separate drive that you've got all your photos on anyway. So if you've got all your photos in that drive, you don't need to export the actual photos as well, if they're already on that same drive. As we've talked about before with backup, my ideal scenario and everyone's ideal scenario should be that you don't store your photographs on your computer at all. They're always stored on an external hard drive that's plugged into your computer and we've talked about that in a previous episode. So really all you're doing is just exporting the data file as a catalogue which collects all the information about all the edits that you've done in in that catalogue that you want to get rid of and then you open your main catalogue, okay? The one you're going to keep, the one that all your photos are going to be in, and you simply say, file, import from another catalogue,
1: okay? Well,
0: and you've got, then- f-
1: you've got a slightly different way of doing this, Tom. I like this. We could we could right. probably have a, an import oh, catalogue yeah. battle.
0: Right, okay. Well, you can perhaps... <laughs> no, you finish. You finish. Just- everybody. Yeah, import from another catalogue, and that'll suck all those... Um, all those photos not literally the photographs because they're already sitting on your hard drive but that all the info about those photos will then come into your catalog and that way you've got all the edits and all the five stars and all the rest of it sitting there and you can just collate any number of catalogs that you've got all into one big mega catalog and that way you can then delete all the other catalogs and then just open the one catalog each time
1: there you go makes sense it does so I skip your first step though, because when you go to import um, photos from another catalog, you, yep. you have little um, check boxes to say which folders you'd like to actually import across. So you don't have yep. to import all of them. So I usually do that and just import the ones that you want to keep, because usually it's you yep. know f- you want to keep that whole holiday, not just some of the holiday. Or I get you yep. to imp- I'll, I'll, I'd import it first and then delete the photos that within those folders that I didn't want. So it's kind of. Yeah,
0: but there you go. You're talking about actually importing photos themselves, aren't you? No, 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 catalogue. Yeah.
1: So if you import from another um, catalogue and then you select the old catalogue and then it gives you like this – you can either do like an import everything or it gives you checkboxes next to all the folders – you know of, of, um, of photos that you've got, yes. right? So yeah. depending how you've organized, it, this could work your process or my process. There's definitely reasons why you'd use one or the other, I think, um, because right. if you're the sort of person who organizes your photos into folders, not just yes. dates, but like actual like locations or holidays and stuff, so subfolders, yep. um, then I think that just going straight up to the import from another catalog works really well. But if you're right. the sort of person who uses, you know, that you import them and under the date structure... <laughs> Yep. Um, and then you use maybe like um, uh, collections or smart collections to actually then organize your photos um, yes. then that then you're definitely better off doing the whole going and doing the you know ex- right. exporters of catalog uh, exporters and stuff because you, you, it's okay. so confusing just to look at all these dates and go I have no idea what those photos actually are whereas if, the, right. if your folders are already labeled um, yes you can you can do straight the import but that's a really yeah. good one I like that t- that tip though about the um, consolidating your catalogs because I see it less frequently now but i reckon about a year ago 2 years ago there was many more people kind of coming up with this like oh but i've got a catalog i use for landscapes and then i've got another one for wildlife and another one for this and then there's another one there i'm not sure what that is and um and i and i guess the other thing i could probably add to yours is you know you can now oh you, you could always could but you can rename a catalog as well so yes, a lot of people yep. have just got it's like lightroom dash 10 or something like that, depending on what version of this catalog you're up to with all the upgrades and stuff. But you can actually rename it. And so I find whenever you're doing that process you're talking about um, and consolidating, I'd go and rename it like Lightroom Master Catalog and then the yes. date where I consolidated just so that you yeah. go,
0: cool, yeah, that's definitely the, that's that's definitely the latest the right one. one. Yeah, yeah. Or, or Lightroom Catalog, use this in big capitals. Yeah, you know it. What I mean? <laughs> something to, I love just how just stupid like, names to, are like... When you, <laughs> yeah, 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 to remind yourself that the, that's the one The absolute use. proper probably. best one, yeah. Because believe me, Matt and I are probably speaking from experience where we've made every mistake under the sun. We've screwed it up so many times that, uh, you know, we are... Definitely talking from experience. Yeah, absolutely. Sadly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sadly. Sadly. And I'm going through that world of pain at the moment because of course I dropped my hard drives on the ground here at the cattle at the gallery and uh and I'm still trying to sort that stuff out, which is just horrible. But anyway, that's point number one. Point number two should be the idea of finding all of your missing photos. Now, we know oh, what that Oh, you've like. mentioned this before. It terrifies me. I don't like this. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> this is, you, can actually, you can actually discover how many photos are missing in your catalogue simply by just going to a library and about two-thirds of the way down there's a little box there or a little entry where it says find all missing photos so you can select that and it will then tell you how many missing photographs are in your catalog now ideally it will say zero but inevitably the reason why you have missing photographs is because you've imported the photographs into one location on your hard drive let's say and then you you have decided to tidy up your hard drive outside of Lightroom, clicking and dropping photos into all different folders. And, of course, Lightroom doesn't store the photographs. It only references the photographs. It only looks at where you put them in the first place. So, therefore, if you go and move them outside of Lightroom, it then says that it can't find the photos because you can't see where you originally put them. You've moved them which is a problem because unless you've created smart previews, you can't go into the develop module and start editing that photo because it can't reference the original file to then apply those changes to that file. So we don't want any missing photographs. The way around that is to actually move photographs within Lightroom itself. So as Matt was alluding to before, if you're in the library module and you go on the left-hand side in that uh, menu structure there and you see the folders sub-menu, you can move stuff in and around the folders that way in Lightroom. So if you're used to moving stuff from folders A to B outside of Lightroom, stop doing that. If you've already imported the photographs, you need to move them inside of Lightroom.
1: You know, yes. I, can I add another thing to this? And this is not Please, about moving and
0: import. It's, well, it's about importing. It's not about moving, it's though. It's about uh, us coming together as creative geniuses to provide gold nuggets of information to our listenership, Matt. Something like that. Get
1: You know, I so i You've you've inspired me. I actually just looked at my missing photographs folder. I
0: hey, heard you clicking away. As yeah, I know. I know because like, you scared me. When you say it,
1: I'm like, oh no, there's gonna be so many. How many?
0: Come on. There's Tell a, us the total number in your catalogue to start with.
1: So there's 152,972.
0: 152,972. I'm going to do this as a percentage. Go on. <laughs> no, no, this is actually good
1: news for me. So the missing Ooh. was 230.
0: Oh, that's nothing.
1: No, and I've discovered oh they're all from one shoot that I deliberately deleted.
0: Well, there you go. So, so therefore
1: doesn't matter. You know what? I was just thinking, you know how you're talking about the smart previews and stuff like that. So, if you move your catalogs yes. around, often you don't move your preview folder or sometimes you just delete the preview folder because it's getting really chunky. Um, mm. And it doesn't delete anything bad. It will rebuild previews. But it just, if you're running out of hard, hard drive space, you can delete yes, that previews folder. Um, yep. So, I've obviously done that when I've moved something across. And I was just looking. I'm going, oh, crap. Because I haven't opened, obviously, haven't opened these missing photos f- for eternity. Um I'm looking at them going, geez, actually, what are these 230 photos? Because there's no previews. They're just little grey boxes with no preview mm. at all. And mm. it just sort of struck me that um, one of the handiest things I ever, like, was forced to do at one point in time was when I import my files, I always rename them. Renaming. Rename yeah. your files. There's a few it's reasons quite- to do it. But one of the real reasons yeah. is I'm looking at it now and going... Oh, I can't see the actual preview of the photo, but I can see it's so my file aiming is my name underscore the, the shoot or whatever it was. Um, yep. In this case, it was Paging Fun Mums, which was a, um, right. a blogging go- group. Um, underscore um, the fo- the file name, uh, uh, what's called the photo number, and then underscore the date. So, by opening this, I can immediately say, oh, hold on. This was the Paging Fun Mums shoot from the 5th of April 2017. And so, without even seeing the photos or knowing what they were, I'm very happy to delete them because I know now exactly what the shoot was. I even know that I can't oh. see a preview. So, yep. renaming can... can Whilst it's not sort of staying organised retrospectively, um, it's definitely
0: something worth worth, yeah, adding to your little list. Considering, yeah, that's right. Yep, I absolutely agree. And I do rename my files, but based on the fact that I, um, I, you know, if I just relied on the file name from the from the camera, I'd end up with multiple photographs with that same file name simply because I'm taking so many photos. It's clicking over to zero a lot of the time, so. Right. I put, I rename my photographs to say um, the location and the year. So, you know, Karajini 2020. Yep. And then I keep the original file name. So, there's never, there should never be a photograph in my catalog that has the same file name.
1: Yeah, that's it. And you know, that's another good reason, another reason why um, you want to go and um, rename the, uh, the files. So... Um, typically people buy the same camera brand again and again and again. So if you buy like, if you're on say Canon or Nikon or Pentax, or it doesn't matter what it is. Um, like Nikon's, um, the 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 file naming is, I think it's DSC underscore. And if, when you first open your camera, it's of course going to be photo number one. So it'll be DSC yeah. underscore zero 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 one. Yeah. Um, and as you start shooting and shooting and shooting, you kind of lose track of the fact that it's up in the thousands and you don't really care anymore. If you go and buy another Nikon, as a second body or you just upgrade to a new camera Nikon keeps the same file naming so it's going to be dsc underscore zero 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 one for the new camera too and so for every time you buy a new camera you're actually doubling up the file names Mm. And that's not a problem if they live in different areas on your computer. So, for instance, I'll I'll give you an example, right? I don't actually store anything by date. I store everything by location because I don't really care what date I shot it. I just care what location it was. If I need the date, I can find it out later. So, I'll say like let's say I was down in Mornington, yeah? I'd have a Mornington folder and I'd have all these photos that I took last year. I've since upgraded my camera, go down to Mornington again, and I start shooting. And if I happen to be shooting in the same location with roughly the same file names or file um, sorry at the same point in time when I had the new camera I could actually end up with doubled up file names and Lightroom really hates that it gets super confused and applies it the does. edits to the wrong files yeah. so yes it's really important if you rename them um, you'll never ever have that problem and as you say like the odds of you being in the same location with the same file at the same time it just it's very very unlikely you'll end up with double ups mm. yep
0: yeah. yep That's no, it's a good point
1: but just some good news there Tom um, just guess how many missing photos I've got now
0: Zero. Yeah. Oh, you've got to be happy with that. I'm pretty that's, happy. That's, I'm pretty happy with good, that. That's a good place to be in. That's it. Go and reward yourself with a big spoonful of Milo or something. <sighs> well done, man. Anyway, you hey, can go. We've up. only got a few more minutes left, yeah. so I just wanted to get on to the, perhaps the final point, but it's not the be on and This is This is certainly not comprehensive, and uh, if you wanted to find out more, just uh, – flick Matt and I a message on Facebook or uh, come on one of our workshops, we'll be able to teach you all this. But um, the third one is collections and I love collections and the reason being is because my photographs, Lightroom, let's let's say this, Lightroom doesn't care where your photographs are stored so long as it knows where they are, as in you've, you haven't moved them like we talked about before from the original place that you imported them, um, but then – it's only looking at the photographs, so you don't have to necessarily worry about them being in specific folders based on where or when you took them. Okay, but most people are pretty good in terms of when they come to download their photos, they make a, a folder that is the name and the, the you know the, the the year at the very least. But um, collections is a way of filtering your images inside your big Lightroom catalog with all these photographs in there. It's a way of being able to quickly and easily just find photographs if you drop and drag those photographs into that collection. So let's say, for example, your folder structure is all over the place like I just talked about and things are everywhere and you're like, I really should try and sort that out one day. One way you can do it, and it's not the only way, is to, within Lightroom, create a collection which is on the left-hand side in the library module and simply just press the plus button opposite the word collection and create that under perhaps uh, the label could be uh, you know bright 2020 for example because you went and did a shoot up there and so then you just select all the photographs within your catalogue that are from that bright 2020 shoot and just click and drag them over into that bright 2020 collection and that will um, put them into that collection. It's not moving them in any way. It's just identifying that they're part of that shoot. And then when you come to open up your catalog again, you're like, oh, where are those photos that I took in Bright that year? You know, you just click on that collection and it will automatically filter the library to only show you those photographs that are in that collection.
1: I think the other cool thing with that is um, I often get people going, you know, saying, oh, can I, I'll show you my best landscape photos or my best whatever's. And yep. you go, oh, okay, cool. And they spend like 45 minutes trying to search for five photos. Right. So, ah. the cool thing, I guess, well, you can use collections as well. I, how I use them is, is sort of almost like an album. Yes. Um, where you go, okay, cool. These are It doesn't matter where they were shot. So, I don't have to move them out of their original folders, as you say. Yeah. Um, yep. But you can just collect them together and go, cool. I just click on one button and it's like, here's all the best of these types of photos um, that yes. you've organized. So, can I do a shameless yep. plug, Tom? Go. Because uh, so, oh, I've, I've actually got an online course. Um, on oh, it's, new, it's, you know, it's an it's an advanced <laughs> online course um, for yeah. Lightroom. There's also beginners if you want to get into the importing stuff. But if you're looking at collections and smart collections and stuff, um, the advanced one covers that off. I think they're twenty nine ninety five, um, and they uh, each and they they cover pretty much. You know, definitely not the 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 real nitty gritty parts of things, but they're the big bulk. Here's like, if you don't get these parts of Lightroom, you're in some serious trouble. Um, right, and uh, the advanced one definitely goes through collections and also smart collections, which can be very helpful too. Yes, smart so, collections, yeah. excellent as well. So we yeah, to add this to the show credit. notes.
0: <laughs> should, yeah, <laughs> add to the show notes. Absolutely. Show notes. Yeah. Um, the other thing about collections before we finish up, Matt, is that you can't replicate images into a collection. So don't think to yourself, have I already got those photos in that collection or not? Yeah. Like, you immediately identify, no, that's already in there. I'm not going to put that in twice. Yep. So that's a great thing about those collections. And the other thing, as you've alluded to, is that you, you can have the same photograph in multiple collections. So you might have a best of landscapes yeah. collection. Yeah. You almost say so you might. You may also have a sunsets collection. You know, best of my best sunsets, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and you could have that same photograph in those two different collections. Okay, great way to organize your catalog. There's plenty of other things that we could have talked about, uh, but uh, it'll have to wait for another rainy day when we've run out of things to talk about. Although this is live,
1: and we're just—it's not <laughs> a rainy day. Just for the for the record, it's uh, very sunny, and we know that because
0: today it's, it's done live year. almost.
1: Well, it's not. Yeah,
0: it is actually. It's got some really? cloud cover, but no, there's lots and lots of blue sky. When I left the gym and I was running late to speak with you this morning, Matthew, it, it was it was very dark and menacing over Sunny Mornington, which was quite unusual. I'm, I think I think you know that there's somebody. Trying to rain on our parade down here because it, it never rains on the mornings peninsula. It's always beautiful and sunny. And I feel as though maybe okay. that was like the gods getting angry at you for being late to the podcast, <laughs> for, for for making a commitment and not um, not following through. Yeah. Yeah. My apologies, but, hey, I'm sure I've more than made up for it with the wealth of information I've given and all my funny jokes.
1: Absolutely, the funny jokes especially.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you, Matt. That has been yet another amazing episode of Matt and Tom's excellent podcast where we dribbled on for about the first 25 minutes and delivered a little bit of content at the end. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you look at the show notes on the Facebook group that will be up there very shortly, if not there already, as you listen to this podcast. Stay safe, everybody. Get out there and shoot to your heart's content, and we'll catch you again next time. See you later. Au revoir.